Hey, baseball fans, I'm Matt Russell, and this is Three Strikes, You're Out, the Baseball History Podcast. We are continuing with part two of the Roberto Clemente story. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go listen to that first, okay? This show picks up at the start of the Pirates' 1960 season. So, let's get to it. Batter up! Feeling good and tuned up from his winter play, Clemente got off to a great start in 1960. In the Pirates' second game, at home against the Reds, he went 3-for-3 and drove in five runs as Pittsburgh won 13-0. By the end of April, Clemente was batting 386. In 14 games, he had scored 12 runs, driven in 14, and hit three home runs. But he was just warming up. In Cincinnati, he had a home run and four RBIs on the first day of May. The 13-2 win was Pittsburgh's ninth straight, and the team was in first place. The Pirates cooled off a bit, but Clemente stayed hot. In May, he had 25 RBIs in 27 games, raising his season total to 39. He helped Pittsburgh regain the top spot in the National League standings and was named the league's Player of the Month by the Sporting News. The Pirates battled for first with the San Francisco Giants and then the Milwaukee Braves. On the first Friday night in August, the Pirates were locked in a scoreless battle with the Giants at Forbes Field. Vinegar Ben Mizell, what a great name, was pitching for Pittsburgh and getting great help from his outfielders. Bill Verdon made a couple of good catches. Then Willie Mays led off the seventh inning for San Francisco with a long drive to right. Clemente chased the fly, reached out, and caught it, robbing Mays of an extra base hit as he crashed into the outfield wall. He hurt his knee and also ended up with a gash in the chin that needed five stitches. Clemente stayed in the game the rest of the inning, but he was replaced by Gino Samoli to start the eighth. Pittsburgh eventually won one to nothing, starting a four-game sweep of the Giants, but Clemente was out for a week. The day after he returned, he had a big game against the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis had beaten the Pirates the previous two nights, and the Cardinals were in second place, only three games behind Pittsburgh. The Cardinals took the lead with a run in the top of the first inning. In the last of the first, Pittsburgh tied the game when Clemente singled home Dick Grote. With the score still tied, Grote opened the third inning with a double, and Clemente followed with a homer. Clemente had another run-scoring single in the fourth as Pittsburgh won the game 4-1. Clemente had batted in all four of his team's runs. The Pirates swept a doubleheader from the Cardinals the next day to open up a six-game lead. No one came close to them the rest of the way, except for one day the Pirates had been in first place since May 29th. Clemente finished the 1960 season with a 314 batting average and hit 16 home runs, more than doubling his previous high. He also made the National League All-Star team for the first time. Pittsburgh's first pennant since 1927 put them in the World Series against the New York Yankees. The Yankees were a powerhouse team and featured all-time greats Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, catcher Yogi Berra, and pitcher Whitey Ford. Despite being outscored 46-17, the Pirates split the first six games to force a decisive seventh game. By the bottom of the eighth inning in that seventh game, the Yankees had stormed back from a 4-0 deficit to go up 7-4, but the Pirates rallied, helped by a bad hop that turned a probable double play grounder into a base hit. One run was in, and Pittsburgh had runners at second and third with two out when Clemente came to bat against the Yankees' Jim Coates. Clemente swung and topped the ball towards first base. Coates couldn't get to it, and it was left to Moose Scowron to field it. 
Scourun had no chance at the out as Clemente zipped safely across first base, his helmet flying off, while the two Yankees watched helplessly. Clemente's infield hit had driven in another run, making it 7-6 Yankees. The Pirates then took a 9-7 lead when Hal Smith followed with a three-run homer. New York came back in the top of the ninth to tie the game, setting the stage for one of the most dramatic moments in Major League Baseball history. A series-winning walk-off home run by Bill Mazeroski, leading off the last of the ninth. What a fantastic finish. And Clemente had had a hit in each of the seven games, helping the Pirates to win the World Series. When leaving the clubhouse after the exciting win, Clemente was stunned to see a huge crowd outside waiting for him. They said, There's Clemente! It took him an hour to make it through the crowd as they congratulated him. Finally, he felt he had won the fans over. He said, quote, The fans of Pittsburgh had made it all worthwhile. Unquote. When Clemente arrived at San Juan, he received a hero's welcome by the people of Puerto Rico. They had followed the World Series closely on the radio and in the papers. He was scooped up by the crowd and carried away. He was now a national hero. There were celebrations for weeks afterward, and Clemente held many baseball clinics for the kids. There were also many banquets honoring him. Due to all this activity, Roberto skipped the first part of the Puerto Rican League season and then joined the San Juan Senadores in the second half. Even after he became a star in the major leagues, Clemente continued playing winter ball well past the time that he needed to keep his batting eye sharp. He felt an obligation to the people of his homeland, who otherwise would not have a chance to see him play. Clemente is perhaps the most inspirational figure the island has ever known, and he took that responsibility seriously. He frequently stood up for himself and his fellow Latin players, speaking out against injustices he saw. He approached this in the same manner in which he played, with a passion, sometimes an anger, which drove him on and off the field. On a personal note, when I remember watching him play on TV, he truly played with ferocity. He put everything into it, but he didn't often smile. The passion was evident, as well as his anger. Much of his anger was justified. Although the game became more open to Latinos after the breaking of the color barrier, certain attitudes and prejudices toward these players remained. Latin players were often accused of being lazy or faking an injury if they missed a game because they were hurt or ill. Clemente knew firsthand the feeling of being called a hypochondriac. He suffered through many ailments in his career and he seethed when his manager or reporters didn't believe him when he said he was hurt. Clemente once lashed out to the press, quote, Hypochondriacs don't produce. I produce. Unquote. During a time when stoicism was the norm, he spoke out and actually said what was on his mind, and he was heavily criticized for it. Beyond the injuries and claims of hypochondria, Clemente maintained that Latin players often did not receive the recognition they deserved. Once again, Clemente was an example of this. After helping the Pirates win the National League pennant and then the World Series championship, Clemente finished only 8th in the voting for the league's most valuable player. Clemente took it hard. He thought he should have gotten more votes and finished higher in the balloting. Clemente said he rarely set goals, but he did set a goal for 1961. He said, quote, After I failed to win the Most Valuable Player Award in 1960, I made up my mind I'd win the batting title in 1961 for the first time, unquote. Clemente did exactly that. Sporting a new $35,000 contract, he led the National League with a fantastic 351 batting average, hitting 23 home runs, scoring 100, and driving in 89 RBIs. 
He led National League outfielders with an awesome 27 assists, the highest yearly assist total in his career, and won a gold glove for his fielding excellence for the first time. Clemente would win a gold glove every year for the rest of his career. And if you've never seen video of Clemente playing the outfield, do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube right now and watch. You need to see that cannon arm of his in action. You will be amazed. Clemente's 1962 season saw a slight dip in his totals, but he still ended the year with an excellent 312 batting average with 95 runs scored, 10 home runs, and 74 RBIs. In 1963, he raised his average to 320 with 192 hits, 77 runs scored, 17 home runs, and 76 RBIs. Clemente was back for a full and very exciting season with San Juan in 1963-64. The Senadores finished third during the regular season, but won the league playoffs and represented Puerto Rico in the International Series, which was played in Managua, Nicaragua. Author Thomas Van Heining reports, quote, Clemente was a fan favorite and made a lot of fans in Nicaragua, unquote. Clemente developed a fondness for the country and its people and would return again. The race for the Puerto Rican batting title involved two National League stars, Clemente and Orlando Cepeda, and a young player on the verge of stardom in the American League, Tony Oliva. During the Major League Baseball season in 1964, Oliva and Clemente led their respective leagues in batting average. Oliva, who credited his winter league experience with helping his development as a hitter, had a 3.23 average in his first full season in the majors with the Minnesota Twins. Clemente's 3.39 average was good for his second National League batting title. He also led the league with 211 hits and finished with 95 runs scored, 12 home runs, 87 RBIs, and 40 doubles, which was the highest total of his career. The winter of 1964-65 was an eventful one for Clemente. He married Vera Cristina Zabala. She would later impart what she came to know about her husband. He was new age before the term had even been invented. He was an excellent masseuse and was always discovering new foods and concoctions to try and stay healthy. He believed in mystical connections between life and death. He always said that he could feel his sister, who had died in a fire during his infancy, at his side. And, Vera said, he always believed that he would die young. During the 1964-65 season in Puerto Rico, Clemente took over as manager of the San Juan Senadores. He still played, although less often. In his first game as manager, Clemente had two doubles off Denny McLean of Mayaguez. Yes, that Denny McLean, who would win 31 games for the Detroit Tigers in 1968. Man, the level of play and the players in the Puerto Rican Winter Leagues was amazing. Later in the winter season, Clemente suffered a serious injury. He was mowing the lawn at his home when a rock flew out of the mower and hit him in the thigh. He missed some games as a player, but when the league's all-star game was played, Clemente felt obligated to make an appearance. He pinch hit and singled, but he aggravated the injury. I felt my thigh ligament pop and something like water draining inside my leg, he said. Clemente had partially severed a ligament in his thigh and had to have surgery. The injury, combined with a fever, left Clemente weak and he got off to a slow start in 1965 with the Pirates. Under new manager Harry Walker, the team also began poorly, losing 24 of their first 33 games. A 12-game winning streak followed, lifting Pittsburgh in the standings. Clemente got hot over this stretch, hitting 458 during the winning streak. The Pirates never overcame their slow start, though, and finished third. 
but Clemente was the National League batting champion for the second year in a row and the third time in his career, ending the season with a 329 average. No one knew, though, that he was on the verge of his best season ever. In addition to his other skills, Clemente was increasing his walk total in the mid-1960s. Early in the 1966 season, the Pirates were in Chicago, trailing the Cubs by a run. Clemente came to bat with two out and no one on base in the ninth inning. Cubs reliever Ted Abernathy got two strikes on Clemente. The Pirates were on the verge of losing, but Clemente remained patient. Abernathy's next three pitches were outside the strike zone, and Clemente laid off them. The count was full. Clemente stayed alive by fouling off the next eight pitches. Finally, Abernathy missed again, and Clemente was on base with a walk. Willie Stargell followed with a double, and Clemente came home with a tying run. Pittsburgh won the game in extra innings. The win kept the Pirates in first place. They stayed in the pennant race all season, battling the San Francisco Giants and Los Angeles Dodgers. At the end of August, the Pirates and Giants were tied for first. On September 2nd, Clemente hit a three-run homer off Cubs great Ferguson Jenkins that helped Pittsburgh beat the Cubs and take over sole possession of first place. It was the 2,000th hit of his career and his 23rd home run of the year, equaling his previous career high. In addition, it gave him 101 runs batted in, the first time he had ever reached 100 RBIs in a season. He ended the season with career highs in home runs, 29, and RBIs, 119. The Pirates finished third behind the Dodgers and Giants, but Clemente edged out Los Angeles Dodger great Sandy Koufax for the National League Most Valuable Player Award. Clemente had another outstanding season in 1967. He led the league with an outstanding 357 batting average for his third batting title in four years and his fourth overall. In addition to 209 hits, which led the league, Clemente walked or was hit by a pitch more than 40 times, and he reached base at least 40% of the time for the first time in his career. The 1968 season did not go so well for him, though. The Pirates opener was delayed two days because of the assassination of Martin Luther King. Clemente homered in the first game, but his batting average fell to .222 by the end of May. He was having trouble swinging the bat because he had injured his right shoulder in a fall at his home in Puerto Rico in February of 1968. He added that he might retire from baseball if the shoulder didn't get better. But he improved over the last part of the season and finished with a .291 batting average, his lowest since 1958. Clemente didn't play winter ball and rested his body. He felt good when spring training began in 1969, but then he hurt his left shoulder as he tried to make a diving catch and went back to Puerto Rico for treatment. Clemente returned in time for the start of the regular season, but for the second year in a row he got off to a slow start. In the latter half of May, after going hitless in the first game of a series in San Diego, his batting average had fallen to .225. Clemente claimed something else happened during this San Diego series, a strange and scary incident. He did not tell the story in public until a year later, but Clemente said he was kidnapped while in San Diego. According to Clemente, he was walking back to the hotel where the pirates were staying after going out to eat. He said four men forced him into a car at gunpoint. They took him to an isolated area and took his wallet and his all-star game ring. This is where I figure they are going to shoot me and throw me in the woods, he told Pittsburgh writer Bill Christine more than a year after the incident. They already had the pistol inside my mouth. Two of the men spoke Spanish, and Clemente talked to one of them in Spanish. 
After that, the men returned Clementi's money and ring and brought him back to his hotel. They even gave Clementi back the bag of chicken he had purchased at the restaurant. He said he did not report the incident to the police. Despite the harrowing event, Clementi finished the series in San Diego by getting three hits against the Padres and raised his batting average above 300 by mid-June. For a while, it looked like he might lead the league again. He didn't, but Clementi still finished the season with a batting average of 345 with 175 hits, 87 runs scored, 91 RBIs, and leading the league with 12 triples. The Pirates didn't do as well, finishing third in the new East Division of the National League. After a slow start in 1970, the Pirates caught fire as they moved from Forbes Field, where they had played since 1909, to Three River Stadium. Pittsburgh and New York fought for first place through July, with Chicago staying close. The Pirates were hanging in without Clemente. He was hit in the wrist with a pitch on July 25th, and, except for one pinch running appearance, he was out of the lineup for more than a week. He returned on August 8th and had a double and a home run against the Mets. Later in August, Clemente had five hits in each of two straight games. The first one came on a Saturday in Los Angeles. Clemente already had four hits as he came to the plate in the top of the 16th inning. He singled, stole second, and later scored the go-ahead run as the Pirates beat the Dodgers 2-1. The next day, the Pirates won again 11-0. Clemente had five of Pittsburgh's 23 hits in the game. He had raised his average to 363, tops in the National League. However, he played little in September because of a bad back and did not win the batting title, ending with a 352 average and not qualifying because of his missed playing time. The Pirates still won the National League East division and advanced to the playoffs. They scored only three runs in three games, however, and they were swept by the Cincinnati Reds. That winter, Clemente played for the last time in the Puerto Rican League. Although he played in only three games during the regular season, he appeared in one of the playoff series. In addition, he managed the San Juan Senadores in 1970-71. The Senadores' opening game that season was against Clemente's old team, Santurce, which was now managed by Orioles great Frank Robinson. Both Robinson and Clemente had been mentioned as possibilities to be the first black manager in the major leagues. After he got off to a slow start with the Pirates in 1971, he said, quote, My biggest mistake was managing in Puerto Rico that past winter. I had more responsibilities and did not get my rest. The long bus trips out of town, I have to make them because I am the manager. They take something out of me. Unquote. Willie Stargell took the lead with the Pirates in 1971. He set a major league record by hitting 11 home runs in April and continued his great hitting throughout the year. Stargell finished his fantastic season with 48 home runs and 125 RBIs. Although Stargell had emerged as the team's star player, the team leader was still Clemente. He was receiving the recognition he had sought, and he was also showing he could continue playing with the same flair and hustle, even as he approached his 37th birthday. Clemente got off to a bad start, but he got hot in May and went on to finish the season with a 341 batting average. And, of course, he was still outstanding in the field. In mid-June, Clemente preserved a shutout for Steve Blass and a victory for the Pirates on back-to-back -back plays. Pittsburgh held a 1-0 lead over Houston in the last of the eighth inning. The Astros had a runner on first with one out when Cesar Cedeno hit a soft liner to right field. 
Clementi hustled in and made a sliding catch of the ball before it could hit the turf. On the next at bat, Bob Watson hit a much harder drive toward the corner and right. Clementi raced toward the ball and made a twisting leap, grabbing the ball and robbing Watson of a two-run homer. Clemente crashed into the wall, bruising his ankle and elbow and cutting his knee. Astros manager Harry Walker, who had managed Clemente in Pittsburgh, said it was the greatest catch he ever made. Because of Clemente's catch, the Pirates maintained their lead and then padded it with two more runs in the ninth. Blass finished with a 3 to nothing win, but said, quote, That shutout belongs to Clemente, unquote. The win gave the Pirates a a three-and-a-half game lead over the New York Mets and St. Louis Cardinals. Pittsburgh increased its lead to nine-and-a-half games at the All-Star break in July. The Pirates had several players in the All-Star game, including two starters, Willie Stargell in left field and Doc Ellis, who pitched. Clemente entered the game as a replacement for Willie Mays in the fourth inning. Later in the game, he hit his first home run in an All-Star game. Pittsburgh went on to win the East Division and beat San Francisco in the league playoffs to make it back to the World Series against the Baltimore Orioles. Even though this Oriole team featured one of the best pitching staffs ever, including an amazing four 20-game winning starters, Clemente turned the event into a showcase for his greatness. Baltimore took the first two games before the series shifted to Pittsburgh. Clemente drove in the first run of the third game with a fielder's choice. The Pirates added another run, but Baltimore came back on a home run by Frank Robinson to cut the lead to 2-1. to one. Clemente led off the last of the seventh by grounding back to Mike Cuellar, who had briefly pitched for Clemente's San Juan team in the Puerto Rican League the previous winter. However, Clemente hustled down to first so hard that Cuellar hurried his throw and threw wildly. Clemente reached the base on an error and, after Stargell walked, Bob Robertson hit a three-run homer. Pittsburgh won 5-1. The next game was the first night game in the history of the World Series. The Orioles got off to an early lead with three runs in the top of the first. Pittsburgh came back with two in the bottom of the inning, and the Pirates rallied again in the third. With one out, Richie Hebner signaled. Clemente then hit a long drive to right. It cleared the fence and looked like a home run to put the Pirates ahead. However, the ball was ruled foul after a long discussion by the umpires, and Clemente had to resume his at-bat. He then singled, sending Hebner to second. One out later, Al Oliver singled, scoring Hebner to tie the game. The score stayed at 3-3 until the Pirates pushed another run across in the seventh inning. Pittsburgh won the game 4-3 and tied the World Series two games to two. The Pirates won again the next day as Nelson Bryles held the Orioles to two hits. Clemente had a run-scoring single in the fifth inning to cap Pittsburgh's scoring as the Pirates won 5-0. The series shifted back to Baltimore, but Pittsburgh had the lead. Just as he had done in the 1960 World Series, Clemente had at least one hit in each of the games. In the sixth game, with two out in the top of the first, he tripled off the fence in left center field. However, Willie Stargell struck out, and Clemente was stranded at third. By the time Clemente came up again in the third inning, the Pirates had a 1-0 lead. Clemente made the score 2-0 by hitting a home run to right field. The Orioles came back and tied the game 2-2 in the seventh. In the last of the tenth inning, Brooks Robinson hit a clutch sacrifice fly that scored Frank Robinson, giving Baltimore the win and extending the series to a seventh game. 
The Orioles' Mike Cuellar and Pittsburgh's Steve Blass were the starters in Game 7, and both were sharp. Cuellar retired the first 11 Pittsburgh batters before Clemente came up with two out in the fourth. Cuellar threw him a high curveball, and Clemente crushed it over the left center field fence for a home run. It was Clemente's second home run of the series and gave Pittsburgh a 1-0 lead. The Pirates got another run in the eighth inning, which they needed. In the bottom of the eighth, Baltimore got the first two runners on base. Blass was able to work out of the jam with only one run scoring, leaving Pittsburgh in the lead. Blass retired the Orioles in order in the last of the ninth. Clemente's homer had given the Pirates a lead they never gave up. Pittsburgh won the game 2-1, and the Pirates were again world champions. The Pirates had a number of pitchers who stood out, but when the voting was complete for the outstanding player of the World Series, the award went to Clemente. He had 12 hits, including two home runs, for a fantastic 4-14 batting average in the seven games. In a post-game interview, Clemente took a moment to speak directly to his parents in Spanish, not in English. He said in Spanish, quote, On the biggest day of my life, I offer blessings to my sons and ask for my parents' blessing in Puerto Rico, unquote. A player speaking in a foreign language on camera had never happened in World Series coverage before, and it further endeared him to Puerto Rico and to all of Latin America. There was no doubting his greatness nor his influence on the champion Pirates. Clemente had played in the All-Star Game, the World Series, had won the Most Valuable Player Award, and had led the National League in batting average four times, but he still had another milestone in his sights. I would like to get 3,000 hits, he said. The Pirates had a rough start in 1972 and were in last place in May. They climbed in the standings and by the last half of June had taken over first place for good. Clemente was also doing well, even though he had an intestinal virus that caused him to miss a few games. By the end of June, his batting average was 315, and he was making good progress toward the mark of 3,000 hits. On July 9th, he got his 78th hit of the season, leaving him only 40 short. However, the virus returned, and Clemente left the Pirates to go back to Pittsburgh for treatment. He was out of the lineup for two weeks then came back and got a big hit in a Pirates win on July 23rd. Clemente missed another four weeks with strained tendons in both heels. Over a 40-game span between July 9th and August 22nd, he started only one game. Fortunately, the Pirates were still playing well and opened up a big lead in the National League East division, but the illness and injuries had slowed Clemente in his drive toward 3,000 hits. At the end of August, he had 30 hits to go. He hit well in September and was within striking distance by the final week of the season. On Thursday night, September 28th, he got his 2,999th hit off of Philly's great Steve Carlton. Because the game was in Philadelphia, he was taken out so he could get his 3,000th hit before the home fans. Even this event would not happen without a bit of controversy as the Pirates opened a series against the New York Mets in Pittsburgh. Facing Tom Seaver in the first inning, Clemente hit a chopper up the middle. Second baseman Ken Boswell bobbled the ball, and Clemente reached first. Official scorer Luke Quay ruled the play an error. Seaver allowed only two hits, neither to Clemente, in winning his 20th game of the season. The next afternoon, Clemente struck out in the first inning. The game was scoreless when he came up again, leading off the fourth. He hit a long fly toward left center field. The ball hit the fence on one bounce and Clemente cruised into second with a double, the 3,000th hit of his career. 
The Pittsburgh fans stood and applauded Clemente, who raised his cap to show his appreciation. That hit started a three-run rally, and the Pirates won the game 5 to nothing. Bill Mazeroski pinch hit for Clemente in the fifth inning. Clemente played in only one of Pittsburgh's final three games as he rested for the playoffs. The Pirates played Cincinnati and looked like they were on their way to the World Series. Pittsburgh carried a 3-2 lead into the last of the ninth inning of the decisive fifth game. However, Johnny Bench tied the game with a home run, and the Reds scored the winning run on a wild pitch, ending Pittsburgh's hopes. As usual, Clemente went back to Puerto Rico. Although he didn't play baseball, he managed a Puerto Rican team that went to the Amateur Baseball World Series in Nicaragua. The Puerto Rican team finished third in the tournament. Clemente was back home a few weeks later when the city of Managua was racked by a massive earthquake on December 23rd. He was concerned about the people there and wanted to help. Clemente got busy organizing a committee to raise money and get other items, such as medicine and food, that could be sent to Nicaragua. Through Christmas, he worked on the relief efforts. Some people in Managua were even asking him to come personally to help. And when he heard news of corruption and the looting of supplies for the relief effort in Managua, he decided he would go on one of the cargo planes that were flying the supplies into the stricken area. The plane that was chartered was the first one available, and there were reports that the plane had had last-minute repairs in the hours before the fateful flight and that it was overloaded. His wife reportedly did not want him to go, but he said he felt he had to. A little after 9 p.m. on New Year's Eve, as others in Puerto Rico were celebrating, the plane took off. Besides Clemente, four other people were on board. Almost immediately, the plane had problems, and the pilot tried to return to the San Juan airport. Before the plane could make it back, however, it crashed into the Atlantic Ocean about a mile from the coast. Although the fate of the people on board was not immediately known, it soon became clear. All five men on the plane, including Roberto Clemente, were dead. And sadly, Clemente's premonition of an early death had indeed come true. His body was never found. People, not just baseball fans, mourn the loss of Clemente, who left behind his wife, Vera, and three sons, Roberto Jr., Luis Roberto, and Roberto Enrique. Up until this time, a player could not be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame until at least five years after he stopped playing. Because of the circumstances, an exception was made for Clemente. A special election was held, and he received enough votes to be elected. In the summer of 1973, Clemente became the first player from Latin America to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame voting rules were subsequently changed to allow active players to be voted in six months after their death. Many other honors followed. An award established in 1971 to honor a player for his accomplishments on and off the field was renamed the Roberto Clemente Award. It is still given annually to the Major League Baseball player who, quote, best exemplifies the game of baseball, sportsmanship, community involvement, and the individual's contribution to his team, unquote. Clemente's uniform number 21 was retired by the Pittsburgh Pirates on April 6, 1973. PNC Park, the current home ballpark of the Pirates, which opened in 2001, includes a right field wall 21 feet high in reference to Clemente's uniform number and his normal fielding position during his years with the Pirates. A statue erected in memory of Clemente that originally stood at Three Rivers Stadium was moved to PNC Park when it opened, 
and stands at a corner near the Roberto Clemente Bridge. In 1999, Clemente ranked number 20 on the Sporting News list of the 100 greatest baseball players, the highest ranking Latin American and Caribbean player on the list. There are a number of state and city parks, schools, little league fields, and streets named after Clemente in the USA. A number of baseball parks, sports complexes, and schools in Puerto Rico were also renamed for Clemente, and to this day, the Pittsburgh Pirates is still one of the most popular baseball teams in Puerto Rico due to Clemente. During his life, Clemente had dreamed of establishing a sports city for young people in Puerto Rico. He had envisioned a place where young people could come and play as well as read and learn other skills they would need in life. Vera Clemente continued her husband's work, and a large sports complex was built. Over the next 30 years, Hundreds of thousands of kids took part in its programs. Some became stars in the major leagues, such as Juan Gonzalez, Bernie Williams, and Ivan Pudge Rodriguez. Roberto Clemente's final baseball totals included a lifetime batting average of 317 with 3,000 hits, 1,416 runs scored, 440 doubles, 166 triples, 240 home runs, and 1,305 RBIs in 18 seasons. These are fantastic all-around totals, which show just how good he was in all aspects of hitting. His final triple total was 26 more than Willie Mays had at his retirement. And as I mentioned previously, he is considered one of the two best defensive outfielders ever. His record of winning 12 Gold Glove Awards as an outfielder is a record he shares with Willie Mays and Mays has often acknowledged his skills. When considering players who could do it all, Clemente must be considered in the top 10 or even the top 5 players in Major League Baseball history. On a personal note, I remember watching Clemente on TV very well. To me, he was one of the most exciting players I've ever seen, even to this day. His arm was a true weapon that all base runners had to respect. He made many amazing throws to nail runners at third base or home that many outfielders would never even have a chance of making. As a hitter, what I most think of when I remember Clemente was the triple off the wall. He would slash a tremendous drive to right center and then it was off to the races with Clemente galloping into third with a spectacular slide. He played with passion and hustle. It was like he always had something to prove. He was truly an all-time great player and an all-time great human being. Next time, Three Strikes You're Out will feature another great hitter from Puerto Rico, the great Giants, Cardinals, and Brave Slugger, Orlando Cepeda. This guy was a hitting machine. It'll be a fun one. See you in the bleachers. Special mentions go out to the following. I want to specifically thank Stu Thornley for an excellent article on Sabre.org on Roberto Clemente. I would like to thank YouTuber Mr. Runner Holly, look him up, for his permission to use his cover of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Also, I have to mention the great internet baseball history resource Sabre.org, or Society for American Baseball Research. I use this extensively for my shows and really love their well-written and researched articles. I recommend you take a look, you won't be sorry. For show notes and a list of sources I use for the show, or to make a comment, please visit my website, 3strikesyoureout.com, 